I'm the most brutal and efficient and most ruthless champion there's ever been. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! You should be a monster, and then you should learn how to control the problem. It all comes from life lessons, and the lessons are learned through struggle. My fighting had a purpose. When you saw me in the boxing ring fighting, it wasn't just so I could beat my opponent. My fighting had a purpose. I had to be successful in order to get people to listen to the things I had to say. I was fighting to win the world heavyweight title, so I could get out of my streets and speak my mind. I wanted to go to people where unemployment, drugs and poverty were the parts of everyday life. I wanted to be a champion who was accessible to everyone. I hope to inspire others to take control of their lives, to live with pride and self-determination. I thought perhaps if they saw that I was living my life the way I chose to live it, without fear and with determination, they might dare to take the risk that could set them free. I knew that my boxing career wouldn't be long. I had to be loud, proud and confident. The world was watching and I knew that many people did not like everything about me. But sometimes all you have to do is breathe and people will have an opinion on how you drew that breath. I couldn't live the way the others wanted me to live. If I had stayed in Louisville and never became a boxer, I could have died and it would have never made me on the news. But because I was boxing and winning, when I said something, people took notice. I had to use that, att I had to use that attention to advance my real purpose. Jordan, this is, a, this is an extract from uh, the book about Muhammad Ali, The Soul of Butterfly, and sort of the podcast. I would like to give this to you. Thank you. Uh, it, it goes in. Uh, basically, it uh, has everything to do with the beliefs he has and everything that he has taught his children. And what I noticed that the, that the word champion uh, basically is like almost in every page of the book. And considering you are uh, the personal trainer of the House of Champions, I thought this would be a great book and, uh, yeah, it might be uh, beneficial to, to you. Very nice. Thank you, man. Hey, guys. How's Serene doing? We're doing well. Hope you're doing well as well. And today we're here with the fourth episode of The Success Show. And today we are joined with the very one and only Jordan Krohn, a personal trainer, House of Champions, trainer of many champions such as Gokan Saki, Stefan de Frey, Malasia, and many other athletes that we have seen everywhere. And it's an honor to welcome you today, man. Thank you. Really happy Thank you. to have you. Uh, let's start off by, uh, by introducing yourself. Anything that I should add to, to the introduction? I think, uh, I think you did it well. Uh, I'm basically uh, the, the personal trainer in State of House of Champions. Uh, I like uh, to inspire people and uh, I like to work with people who uh, wants to give everything for their goal and uh, who want to come be, uh, the best in what they do. And that is uh, simply what I do, man. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. And I've had the honor to actually see you, see you work. And uh, that, was, that was one of the factors that made me uh, really want to have you on the podcast because actually we went into the sea together to, to film something with Amir Atari. Uh, and we, we have worked together in the, in the gym itself. Uh, and with regards to the gym, I'd like to ask you, how would you describe House of Champions? House of Champions is, uh, is the gym where uh, everyone is welcome. But uh, we have uh, one simple rule. Uh, 
and uh, when you enter the gym you uh, leave your ego outside and uh, you do everything to become uh, the best version of yourself and that's uh, that's a simple uh, simple rule we have so uh, when you come inside uh, you uh, are still open to uh, develop and uh, you are doing everything uh, to become a better version of yourself and that's uh, simply what house of champions means so uh, many people think uh, i only train champions but that's not the that's not what we mean and that's not what we want we want to help everyone and uh, also if you are not uh, an a class fighter or you're not a pro soccer player everyone is welcome but uh, especially uh, the rule i told you in the beginning that's the most important thing uh, you have to give everything for your goals and you have to give everything to become a better person in life and also in sport and that's what uh, house of champions means because we had a we had a very small talk before the the podcast you yes. told me that besides athletes there are also a lot of entrepreneurs actors and other people that are trying to get most out of their life mm -hmm. uh, that basically join the gym is there a certain pattern that you see that these people that actually want to get mo most of, most out of their uh, out of their, their life they also want to excel at sports or they want to really push themselves there yeah clearly uh, because everyone uh, who tried to be the best version of him or herself uh, has a uh, certain pattern of uh, uh, belief and a certain pattern of passion and uh, they uh, have uh, the same way of thinking and the same way of living and uh, they have extreme discipline, extreme hard work and they know how to work with setbacks. Because everyone uh, sometimes gets a punch in the face. But uh, how do you uh, work with it? Do you get your lesson with it? Or uh, do you, do you, um, or do you stay uh, at the ground and, and just stop with what you're doing and stop with dreaming and uh, leave it besides? And that's what you see uh, by us in the gym. Everyone will come, in, will come inside has a uh, certain way of thinking and a certain way of living. And that's, and that's what you want to see as a trainer because that's what gets uh, you also on top of the game. Because I work with very successful people, but, uh, but also with people who, has, uh, who are at the beginning of their careers. And uh, they can learn a lot of uh, each other. And that's what you want to see. And that's the mindset that you want when you come inside of House of Champions. So uh, that's fair, very nice to see, is that if you're an actor or you're a lawyer uh, or you're a businessman or you're a top, uh, uh, top sporter, that's, that's what you want. And that's what you uh, need when you come inside by us. Um, how would you relate this? Because we're talking about mindset now. So besides the training, there's a certain mindset that comes with being mm. successful. Uh, how would you relate that to the core values of the gym? Because I, uh, I did some research and on your website, for example, you have like three big pillars. Yeah. This is important for Krohn. Could, could you tell us some more about those core values and how they relate to actually uh, building the foundation for having a successful life and excelling in what you're doing? If we have, an, uh, if we have a new client, we have uh, five major uh, things that we uh, focus on. And those are the things is uh, physical wise. So how do you perform? 
is mental wise is uh, your rest so how do you sleep uh, how do you uh, do your rest in between trainings that's uh, supplements so what do you take uh, extra and that's um, I forgot the fifth one so physical wise mental wise rest in between uh, supplements and uh, food instead uh, how do you uh, what do you take what are the timings from food and that's that's the most important things so that five things are for me the most important for success because you are in the middle of the circle and that five things have to be right to become top of your game and if you do that five things right that's that's always um giving you the opportunity to uh, become the best version of yourself and that's and that's uh, I, in my opinion are the most important things to do and if i understand it correctly you, you think that these five things are not just the pillars for someone that wants to become a top athlete it's just for someone that wants to become successful in general a top athlete and an, uh, a top businessman are the same thing for me because uh, they you say it already they want to be top they want to be the best so if you want to be the best you you have to uh, take certain uh, steps and that's and that's the most important thing so if you do that five pillars right then you're done then you can get the um, basics for success and that's just the basic thing because then they get a lot of uh, new things coming like uh, uh, you you also need a pair of luck. A little bit of luck is very important, and uh, you need to get the right opportunities. So it's not if you do that five things, you automatically go successful. But it's well, it's the basic to get a successful life. Yeah, I find it really interesting. I've never heard the, this principle of like the five circles. I could completely like visualize it as well. Like you're in the middle, and then there are five circles, and they all intertwine a little bit. Could you go into detail about the, the five aspects, if, of you, course. if you wouldn't mind? Of course. So you're saying it well, uh, mostly of the time we do it on a big paper. We put the client inside yeah. and we put the five things and then we're just going to ask questions. So uh, try to begin with food. Uh, describe me how do you uh, eat uh, yesterday? What did you eat? What was the timing? Uh, what did you drink with it? Uh, how do you think this is going... Uh, of how do you think this is good for your performance? Of how do you think this is good for your rest? And then we're going to look at it. And then we're going to just take some things and uh, try to, uh, as an example, uh, how do you start your breakfast? Okay, yesterday I ate this, this, this. Okay, try this and, how, uh, and let me know how it feels. I never work with uh, eat programs. Why? Uh, everyone is doing it good for two weeks. <laughs> and two weeks is long, huh? Somebody does it good for two days. <laughs> but that's the most important thing for me is, is that you also learn how to do it. And that's the most important. So if, uh, if I look at your food, I take one piece out of it. I give you two tips. You're going to work with it. You're going to let me know how it feels. How is your energy? How was your sleep? How was your uh, rest in between trainings? Uh, and, and that's the most important thing. And if I took if I took all the five uh, major things, and that's and that's what I do. I give one tip about this one. I give one tip about this one. I give one tip about this one, because when you're uh, doing everything um, at once, 
yeah, at once, you never know what what is working, and you never know what is doing what, because when I uh, change one thing at your food, and I see your energy goes up, I clearly know that's the difference. But if I do uh, one thing in your breakfast, one thing in your midday, one thing in your afternoon, I teach you uh, read a book, I tell you uh, <laughs> go to sleep. We 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 don't know what what is doing what, and every person is uh, is unique. And every person is working on his way and is doing uh, things like he, he wanted to do. And uh, he feels it uh, different than another. So it's always looking at the person you have in front of you and uh, then give some tips and look how, how it become a better person of uh, it doesn't work with him. And then we're going to search for another distance or, or so we're going to search for another thing. That's really interesting. Also, uh, I'm a big fan of science. I, I, I like to inform myself about science. And for example, in chemistry class, we were also working with variables. What we, what we were saying is like exactly the same thing, but then in a real life application. Yeah. When we were, for example, making like a formula with, with, with different ingredients, then we had to like tweak one variable at a time to see what's doing what, like you were saying. And I, I find it interesting that in both science as well as uh, real life, these things apply. And I think it's beautiful. I think I also see that a lot of people have these like mental toughness programs or these really cool looking uh, change your health in 20 days yes, uh, <laughs> programs that are quite frankly uh, not effective because they give you a template and you have to do everything accordingly and you'll never know uh, what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what works for you. And I think uh, this is a more long-term approach that uh, on the long-term will have uh, a very beneficial impact on your life. It's just uh, it's just simple. It's a lifestyle switch. If you want, to, if you have a goal and you want to reach it, you have to switch your lifestyle and uh, you have to become part of it. And that's the most important thing. And uh, what you say is, uh, there are a lot of uh, things to find on Instagram, like uh, food examples, or uh, you say it, uh, training programs, uh, or the golden program. I get a lot of questions uh, on Instagram, <laughs> the, the most strange questions, like uh, how do I get apps in uh, seven days? Uh, how can I get a uh, beach body in, uh, in 14 days? Uh, do you also make uh, programs? And I always say no, because if you want to, give, uh, if you want to reach something, you, you have to switch your mindset and you have to become part of it. And you have to make a plan and you have to do it for a long term. And people who are searching for the short term are always losing at the end because they are always doing something for maybe one month or two months or three months and then they're done with it. And, that, and that's especially what you see a lot in the fitness industry. People who are just training for the summer, who are just training for a festival, who are just uh, want to, 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 look to look nice for three months and then uh, feel the nine months uh, really shit. <laughs> And that and that's what I see a lot, and that is uh, the people who uh, who we we I don't want to work with it. <laughs> that's simple. That's that's why I'm not I'm never advertising and I'm never giving programs or I'm never helping that people because that's not uh, my kind of people who I want to work with. Yeah, yeah, and I think also uh, the things you say have a certain weight to it because you've worked with athletes. And you're not just someone that is selling courses for 80 euros 
uh, that you send to people on Instagram and then they have like a one hour Zoom call with you every week because yeah. that's how these trainers do it. This is a real approach where, where you know what you're doing because you've worked with all these people and you have also numbers to show. Yeah. We've had people at the Olympics, we've had people fighting at the top uh, categories. So everyone that's listening to this, please like know that uh, the short-term programs or the short-term uh, things that you're doing in order to improve your health, but with everything, uh, most of the time it doesn't work. You really have to find something that you can do for a long time. And uh, as Naval Ravikant says in his book, The Almanac of Naval, he says everything comes from compound interests. And uh, basically it means that you have to uh, continuously do something in order to get results and you won't get the results directly. And if you do, it can go away just as, as quick as, as you got them. So it's not a... It's all, yeah. uh, a, a, a simple example as always. I uh, say to the client, how many days did you get to get uh, fat? Mostly of the time the people get not fat in two days or in one vacation. Mostly of the times it gets uh, two years, three years, four years to yeah. become fat, not, not fit anymore and uh, feel not good. And that's the time you have to take to become fit also. But mostly of the times the people will get in two, three years fit, uh, fat, they, they want to get fit in 14 days. It's impossible, <laughs> man. It's impossible. And uh, what you say is correct. If you want to reach something, uh, you, you have to take a long period and you have to uh, get a good plan and uh, set some good goals. And then you have to make, uh, yeah, you, you have to make a uh, kind of impact to, uh, to change something. And uh, it's, not, it's not an easy road. And uh, that's never. But, but if you want to reach something in life, uh, it's a difficult road. And that's mostly of the times true. You said something that I, I find really interesting. You said you have to set goals. I see a lot of people that are also training and don't have a specific goal. Uh, how do you go on about setting goals? Goals are very important for me because uh, it's an, uh, a term to uh, look back to. If, if I set a goal for, our, for uh, one month... I can look at the end of the month and I can say, okay, uh, I did this, I did this, I did this. I changed uh, my program for my food. I changed the program for my training. And uh, it, it gave me this and this. And that's the most important thing because when you look back, you can see uh, what, what, it, what it gets you and uh, where, where it becomes. And that's the most important thing, I think. Very interesting. Could you perhaps go on to the second pillar? So we talked about food now and nutrition yeah. Yeah. and how people should yeah. uh, basically handle that. Could you yeah. talk about the second pillar? That Th then we go to the to the physical uh, side and that's uh, especially decide who, what we do in the gym. And uh, it, it's it's everything is uh, is even. So uh, mostly of the times people say it's eighty uh, percent food and twenty percent training. No, everything is even. Everything is twenty percent. Because everything has to be perfect to get the basics good. So uh, also like physical ways, uh, we, we start uh, mostly of the times with three times training in the week with a uh, full body program. That's where we believe in and uh, that's, where, uh, that's where we uh, find our uh, passion because we like to train at uh, high intensity and uh, we like to train uh, on the... On the 
on the edge of the mental and the physical ways uh, from the person because I think that's the the phase of life where you get better. Every time when you get uh, to a certain uh, top, to a certain level, and you come, you want to come better. You have to get to the, to you have to get out of the comfort zone, and that's what we do in the physical ways. So every training is uh, for us an opportunity to get to a new level. So and that's why uh, we train at real high intensity and we train at uh, at the top of your game. And that's the reason uh, I think we getting people uh, just a little step further than. Uh, than most of the trainers and that's why uh, we get a lot of people who are uh, very determined and very uh, uh, clear what what they want because it's very difficult to get three and if you do another sport also you have to sit you have to have uh, seven eight times in the week you have to get out of your comfort zone and you have to give everything what you want and that's for most of the people, difficult thing. What I find really fascinating is the parallels that there are between what happens in training and what happens in your career. Let's say work. Let's just take a good example. For example, I study architecture. In order to become a good architect, you have to really put yourself in a position where you have to do things that you're not comfortable with. You can't just go over the base every time, do the same thing, and accept... Uh, and expect different results. You can't do the same work and, ex and expect different results. That's not possible. You have to push yourself to a, to a certain level, and that is exactly what, what happens in your training programs. Not programs, I'm mm -hmm. sorry. I can't say programs. <laughs> uh, and I think by, by, by doing that in training, people start getting used to that. People start getting used to actually putting themselves deliberately in a position where they're in extreme discomfort. And when and that's something that happens in the mind, I think, because at least for me, when that happens in training, you'll be much more comfortable doing that in real life. So I I think that is it's a great way to just make people uh, get in contact with this dark side, this like uh, this side that you don't know of yourself yet. That because you, it's discomfort. It's you, it's uh, it's just simple. You have to get uh, comfortable in the uncomfortable way. Yeah, and that's and that's what we want. So uh, if we took an example uh, like a kickboxer, if he uh, goes in an uh, in an extra round in a very deep way, the most dark side, if you like, you called it, uh, he's comfortable there because he he went already one million times there. It's normal for him. He comes every week in the red zone. He comes every day in the red zone, and his opponent maybe he he have been there two or three times. So we always uh, we are always in uh, in front of our opponent, and th and that's and that's what we want with the training. We want to get comfortable when you're not when you're not comfortable, and that's and that's uh, a really uh, important thing. Something that I find really unique and I've seen with my own eyes is that at at, at to continue on, on the physical aspects in your gyms you mix different athletes and they train together. I think that that's super interesting because I've never seen that before. And I think that also brings like a huge amount of discomfort because different athletes train in different ways, have different limits, have different uh, points that they're, they're good at. Could you tell us something about that? Of course. Uh, a good example is uh, I combine uh, a lot of footballers with kickboxers. Because why? 
kickboxers are alone. They are alone in the ring. They are alone in training. They are always alone. So they always depend on their own. And a football player can give uh, the, the other player did nothing. The trainer uh, told me to do this, do that. They are always uh, pointing at other people. And a kickbox is simple. They cannot, they cannot point to another one because they have to give everything and then they're going to see what, it, what, the, what the result is. So that's al already a very important thing for the football players is to see how hard are they training. Because footballers, they only know football players and they only know football trainings. And football trainings are not hard. They think they're training hard, but they're not training hard. And that's, and that's the most uh, thing we see with football players who are the first time with us. They are very scared. Why? Because they, they know what's coming for them. And they know they're going to get hurt. And they know they're going to get really uncomfortable. And that's uh, a thing they can learn uh, f from a kickboxer. And uh, I told you uh, in, the, in the conversation we had before the, before the podcast, we have a uh, major league player and a baseball player. He's playing every day. So he's, he's playing like 100 days every day. That's insane. And uh, it's a mental game because everything is on statics. So if you not perform for like two or three days, you're going to the second team and you're never coming back. Because there are a hundred people who are after you for your spot. That's pressure. So the mental uh, toughness of that game is insane. But a football player can learn a lot of that mental toughness. Because when there's coming an uh, extreme stress situation like uh, Karim Benzema, he uh, had to take the penalty. He uh, missed two times before and then he takes the Panenka. That are extreme extreme situations and the baseball player has already been there a million times so he can teach the football players really a lot of lessons about that and that's uh, an important thing why we cross uh, our sporters because they can learn a lot from each other and every sport has its own uh, benefits and has its own toughness yeah it's interesting you talked about kickboxers, baseball players. Is there something that different athletes, when they train with football players, that they learn most of the time or that you've heard from other athletes? Uh, a football player is uh, at a very young age very responsible. So uh, you see uh, football players who are just uh, 17 or 18 years old and they are already uh, earning millions and uh, a lot of fans uh, are uh, depending on them. And that's something uh, that other sporters can learn from them. How do uh, they work with the media? How do they perform under that pressure? Uh, how do... Uh, look, if you are 18 and you're in one club, you're a millionaire, it's difficult. Because uh, a lot of people have uh, their opinion of you. A lot of people are depending on you. And uh, you have a lot of money. So it's it's easy to get uh, to, to do strange things let me tell you like this this, this that's an important thing for them they can learn about football players is how do you get with the media attention and how do you perform uh, under that pressure on a young age yeah interesting interesting i think we we touched on the the most important aspects of the physical yeah could you move on to yeah. the, the third circle the mental mental game the mental game is, uh, I think, uh, 
the most on the shadow because not a lot of sporters are talking about the mental game because it's also an uh, ego thing. A lot of uh, sporters, they do not uh, want to show their weaknesses. Especially as an example, I have a uh, kickboxer, a Belgian guy. Uh, he's, uh, I think, the, the most crazy guy I know because he drives two and a half hours, three times a week to train by me. So two and a half hours uh, to back, go to the and gym forth. and two wow. and a half hours back. And he's always on time. He's always uh, on point. His mental game is always good. But uh, if I ask him before the fight, are you nervous? He told me no. I said, no, how? It, it's impossible that you are fighting and you are not nervous. And that's an ego thing. And that's the wall I need to break. Because when he is not telling me everything... I don't know how to respond, but if I know how he feels, then I can respond and then I can give him uh, like uh, breathing sessions or uh, I can talk, I can have a little chat with him to break the nerves. And uh, that's, that's why the mental game is really important. If you know what's going on in the mind of your sporter, you can help him and you can develop him a lot. But if they uh, do not tell you everything, and you have not uh you have not the band that you want so you have not uh they don't they don't know you don't know what's going on in the head you cannot help them and uh, the mental game is that's that's why the mental game is very important because when it's not good in your head your performance is always lacking mm, that's really interesting and i think as you said, it's really in the shadows. There's not enough light shed on that. Yeah. And as like I have the opportunity to work with many athletes, I see that because I'm in really close contact with them. I get to talk with them in the car, mm -hmm. three-hour drive to sign a contract, and you just talk with them. And they tell you all these stories about the pressure that they have and uh, that now with their friends, they don't really know like who they can trust, if they're there for benefits or yeah. they're there because they're really their friends. So... and. Is there a way you, you can train your mental? Of course. Of course. There are a lot of ways. I do a lot with, uh, with the breathing sessions. We uh, go to Wim Hof, I think, seven or eight years ago for the first time. And uh, he does a lot of breathing. I think you know him. Oh, and uh, he does a lot with uh, cold work. And uh, he does a lot under extreme pressure. He also has a lot of records and that kind of things. So when I saw that for the first time, uh, I thought it was a really important one and uh, a really important lesson to, to learn and to uh, give them to my uh, clients. And uh, I think with the breathing, you can do a really a lot. And we also do a lot with, uh, um, how do you say that in English? With, with, uh, playing, with playing also the things in your mind. So if you have a kickbox fight, you uh, you want to... Um, visualize. Yeah, to visualize uh, the fight already a thousand times. Because when you visualize, your brain is uh, making contact with, the, with that kind of uh, images. So if the spot came in a fight, your brain already has seen it a thousand times. So the context is going faster. So improvising and breathing are a, a very important thing in, uh, in, in, mental, in mental game. Uh, as an example, uh, Ron Vlaar, he uh, worked his ass off for, I think, 
two or three years to uh, to get to the World Cup, and uh, Netherlands came to the semi-finals against uh, Argentina, and it came to penalties, and he has visualized everything in that tournament. He uh, already visualized the temperature, the pressure, uh, all the situation he has come in, but he was not on the penalty list. But a lot of big players, they do not want to take the responsibility. And uh, the coach uh, asked him, do you want to know, uh, do you want to uh, take one? He told, okay, uh, if someone else not take the responsibility, I take it. But he has not visualized it. So he, he walks to the spot and from the moment he dropped the ball, it became black. He, he, he doesn't know what's, what was going on and he came so stressed because he was so uh, in control because he has visualized everything except that moment and he misses the penalty. And uh, I think for one year he cannot talk about it because it was so painful. And he never looked at back at it, but uh, my father Hans told him, "Yeah, we have to get back to that moment for one time. What happened? Uh, what did you see?" And uh, I think that's an important lesson from visualization: what it can mean. So if you visualize, uh, if you have uh, everything uh, gone in your mind, then then you're very then you can be very strong in your mind because. You already been there a thousand times, and it's it's just comfortable for you because you already uh, gonna know what's happen what's happening, and uh, that's that's a good lesson for me. That was a good lesson for me to uh, also teach to my fighters because when they visualize their game and they already been thousand times in that situation in that fight, they gonna know what's coming and they never gonna take. Uh, and they they never gonna go. Uh, they never gonna get scared because they're already been there thousand times. Wow! Quite frankly, wow! Because also this is the first time I I hear it. Like I've been doing it myself unconsciously. Yeah. Uh, not per se with with fighting, uh, but with my goals, for example, just visualizing your goals so that they seem attainable. I see a lot of people uh, where I come from. They they want to do a lot of things. But they don't really know where they're going. Like they do, yeah, I want to do this, I want to mm -hmm. do that, and I was like, yeah, but like, what, what is your goal? The, this visualization, uh, visualization process also applies to your goals, right? Yes, it's the same thing. Yes, yeah, especially because when when you set a goal, uh, you don't set it. Uh, I, you stand up like a day and I have a goal. No, you're thinking about it and uh, you, you're really uh, working a plan in your head and then you set a goal. And, that, and that's very important. And, uh, and also you can, that, you also, uh, can visualize that. Because when you have a goal and you want to get there, you already can get a thousand times over there. And if you get there already a thousand times, you know what's going to happen. And that's a very important thing. And to give the, the listeners practical advice... Uh, when you work on vis on visualizations with your clients, how does that look? Do they just sit, close their eyes, and they have to think it through? Do they write it down? The most simple, uh, the most simple thing for me is a uh, is a dark room in your bed, uh, right before you go to sleep. Uh, you just take ten minutes. It's like a, a kind of uh, religion for me, 
because I uh, every time when I go to sleep, uh, before I go to sleep, I uh, look back at the day. I uh, look at myself in the mirror and uh, I, t- I tell myself, uh, what did you do today? And uh, what kind of impact had you on your supporters? Uh, what kind of messages did you give to them? Uh, and you can visualize already the next day because you know what's going to happen. You know what appointments you have. You know what goals you have in the future. And that's the most easy thing to do before to go to sleep. Because you already uh, know what's going to happen. So you are also uh, free in your head. And you can sleep well. And that's also an important thing. Because a lot of sporters and a lot of clients have problems with sleep. Because they are thinking, 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 thinking. But if you can close that chapter... Because you already visualize the next day, you have rest in your head. And uh, with regards to the next day, how do you go on about planning your next day? When you go to sleep, is it just like tomorrow I have a day? I don't don't think that's the case. Or do you really like plan everything? You know what's going to happen? I have a really uh, busy schedule. So uh, if I if I go to sleep, I already know what's going to happen tomorrow because I know at nine I have uh, Malaysia, at ten I have Amira, and I know where they are. I know where where they are in their uh, preparations. I know where they are in the season. So I know in what part they are um, when they're coming to my gym tomorrow. So I can already visualize uh, how they feel. Uh, wh- where they are, what they want, what they need. And then when they enter the gym, it's just for me analyzing. And analyzing is a very important thing in my work because uh, I can visualize everything. But if the sporter just comes inside the gym and he had a very bad night, I can uh, have visualized that we have a very tough training, but that's easy for him. Uh, that's easy for me to break him. But that's not an important thing. I want to uh, I, I want to give him the best version of himself. So uh, I want to I want to make him better. So it's very important for me to analyze if someone comes inside and I see he's, uh, I I already had contact with him with WhatsApp. I know how he slept and I see at him that he's very tired. I have to reconsider my training and I have to switch from a tough training maybe to an. Uh, Focus on the technique or focus on uh, just uh, more strength and uh, more rest. And that are things that we are constantly analyzing in our trainings and in how people uh, walk and how people uh, look in their faces. And that's a very important thing, I think. Just like Bruce Lee says, be like water, my friend. You have to be really flexible. But this not only applies to you, also to the athletes. Of course. Imagine you're in the ring. Uh, I'm just speaking, like j- just imagining something. You're in the ring, and the fighter that's that they're standing, uh, that's, that's standing in front of you, has a complete different fighting <laughs> game plan than they have showed in all the previous fights. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to make those changes on the spot because if you can't, really, it's going to be really difficult. <laughs> yeah, really. And it, like, is there a way to train that to to be able to just uh, or to improve that? I, I, I would say. To, to be able to react faster and to be able to improvise. We work a lot with uh, mental resets, like I told them. So uh, if there is ha- um, happening something in the gym, you're doing an, uh, an exercise, but it doesn't work. 
many athletes get a lot of frustration. But frustration, you isn't just an emotional thing where you have nothing on, because frustration only gets you. Uh, it it doesn't get you further. It only uh, brings you back to the to 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 the to the earlier wrong, to to the earlier fault. So uh, we do a lot with mental resets, and that's and that's what we want to see by our athletes. So if something's happening, what you don't want to happen, you have to uh, get the reset done. And if how quicker you do the reset, how faster you can go to the future, and how faster you can make uh, a better call for the next uh, for the next strike. So that's an, a really important thing in the in the example you described. As uh, as an example, uh, there's a uh, striker, Huntela in Ajax. If he misses a chance, he blink one time with the eye and then he goes through. But sometimes if you see a striker miss a chance, he's so frustrated, he's uh, shooting, he's uh, kicking uh, to, the, to the post, he's uh, booing at the fence, and then he's for five minutes he's not there. So five minutes you have nothing on him. And that's a really important thing, and that's a really important thing in, uh, in, in sport. You have to make quick resets, and that's also when an uh, opponent is not doing what you want. Okay, you have to reset your game, and very quick because you, mostly of the times you got only nine minutes, and if you lose the first round, you have to get the the second and the third. So yeah. mental resets are a thing we do a lot in the gym because they cannot show frustration by us, and that's also a thing we do a lot. Uh, they they cannot hang. Because most of the times people, when they are tired, they're hanging. But if you are in a fight or you're on the field in football and your opponent is hanging, you get a really big benefit in your game because you know he's tired. And you get a lot of energy from that. Mental. Yes, mental, but also physical-wise. Because you know I have extra and you are tired. So the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to step up my level and I'm going to break you. Because you already let me see that you are breakable. And my supporters are not breakable. Because they already been 100,000 times in the red zone. And they never show their weaknesses. And that's an important thing. And that's also an important thing with the mental reset. If you don't, stro- if you don't uh, let's see frustration. It's very, very difficult for the opponent to know how you are feeling in your mind. So the only thing your opponent is seeing is someone who never seems tired, who never seems uh, his mental game is uh, frustrated or something, and he keeps going. And that's very difficult opponent. Yeah. Wow, man. Goosebumps, literally. And, like, w- when I'm hearing this, like, you're literally, like, retweaking someone's mind when you're training them it's not just physical doing bench presses and doing deadlifts it's literally like you have to analyze the situation what what, what do we have what are you working with the intake in the beginning asking all the questions it's it's just an uh, a really big thing and uh, what i told you in the in the conversation we had before it's just not one hour in the gym it's it's 24 hours in a day you can always call me you can always speak with me and uh, the lessons we we learn uh, after the training, before the training, uh, in the chats we have, 
are very important for the success. Just as important as the one hour we have in the training. And it's just uh, what you say, it's not only a bench press or do this or do that or uh, a little magical trick uh, like uh, mostly of the people think that is. It's it's an uh, it's an uh, a walk. It is a it's a path to success, and that's and that's what we want to give out to our clients. We 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 want to get them uh, to become better persons and become better sporters, and that's a very important thing. And uh, that's what I see myself with my sporters. I'm not very old, but I'm a father figure for them because they can always tell me everything, they can always call me, and uh, they can always reach me for a lesson. And I think that's a very important thing, what you have uh, for a successful trainer. You have to become a father figure for your clients. And uh, you, you, you want them uh, to feel the... To f you want them that you feel them pain, you, feel, you want to feel their success, you want to feel them like you are you are them and that's a very important thing and that's why we have uh, such an, a good relationship with our sporters because we know what they feel i uh, i've been a pro sporter in my youth for myself my my only dream was to become a pro footballer but when that the dream break i want to get as close as uh, as i can to my dream and uh, and i'm there now because I'm working with world champions, I'm working with European champions, I'm working with pro football players. They are living my dream. But because I have such a good relationship with them and I'm so close to them, I'm living the dream also, man. It's really interesting talking about your football career and how you moved on to... Uh, I, I read the article in the AD mm -hmm. that, that, that you wanted to become the best personal trainer. How, how did you start that... Uh it was just simple uh, what I told you uh, ago. I had only one dream. I want to come become pro football player. And that's the only thing I could imagine. And uh, if they asked me, uh, what are you going to do? I'm gonna, uh, I'm come becoming the best, man. And uh, I can uh, look in the mirror every day. And uh, I've done everything about it. And uh, I've given every, everything. I did my extra trainings. Uh, <laughs> I was analyzing every game with my dad in the car. He uh, just had the magazine in the in the living room from every game I played and uh, what did I good and what <laughs> did I uh, do where where can I develop? So uh yeah, as I say, I can uh, look in the mirror and I can say uh, that I've everything done about it, but uh, I think uh, I just missed a little luck and uh, I simply was not good enough. And uh, you also need a lot of talent to become uh, a pro football player and uh, that's uh, where I made the switch to become an, uh, a, 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 a trainer and uh, that's why I want only to work with people who have uh, the same mission as me because then uh, I feel them and uh, I know wh what they're going through because I've already been there and, uh, and I've done the same thing and that's uh, I think uh, yeah, the dream uh, from uh, to become the best personal trainer. Because if I do every, if I do something, I want to be the best. If you play Monopoly, I want to beat your ass. That's that's a simple thing I have. If you play a game, I want I want I want to become the best. So simple is it. And uh, it's it, it doesn't matter what we do. 
Have you seen the Michael Jordan documentary? Of course. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing, <laughs> you, man. <laughs> you, you know my name is from him, eh? My father was crazy about him. That's why I call. Uh, that's why my name is Jordan. <laughs> so simple. What a coincidence! I didn't think about it. Yeah. But, but uh, like the same thing for the people that have that have watched the documentary. They said that he had a gambling problem. Yeah. He just had a winning problem. Yeah. That, that's that's the whole. Yeah. The that's whole thing. that's the whole thing, man. And uh, he he's just uh, as crazy as every successful person is. If you call uh, Einstein. Einstein maybe is the most crazy person I uh, I read about, but he's just as crazy because he's just he's just so successful and he's so smart that other people, normal people, are think he's crazy, man. And that's also with Michael Jordan. A lot of people who doesn't feel that they think he's crazy, man. He's he what the fuck is he going on? What what is he doing? And 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 that's what I really like about that kind of people because. The best people are crazy. Yeah, and that's where personal trainer like Tim Grover comes at hand. In order, you know, you know Tim Grover, right? Mm -hmm. Like, in order to be able to level with such a person, you also need to have that crazy little bit. I think. Of course. And of course. and a, a good way of attaining that is by being on the spot yourself, having played football at a at, at a certain level, where you can say, "I've been through that. I've had the same goals as you." And I want to become the best at that as well. Yeah, and then you have a little bit of that and you have all the knowledge that you've gained through your research. And then you like... That's and, that, and that's also a thing. A lot of people are asking uh, what kind of uh, thing I have to do to become at your level. But it's not just uh, do one uh, school uh, thing and uh, you are there. <laughs> school was nothing, man. Well, uh, everything I learned at school, I totally forgot. Because uh, you are starting to learn when you're starting the job. And that's the most important thing. And uh, if, if I look back at my, at my own career, the first two years, I worked 13 hours, 14 hours a day. Because I want to become better. And if you want to become better, you have to work, man. You have to do that thing. And uh, you have to analyze and you have to look at yourself and you have to set goals and you have to make hours. That's the most uh, easy thing. If you have done something one million hours, it, it, it's just easy. You became a little bit better if you analyze and if you criticize because there are also trainers who are doing things uh, for 20 years, but they're doing it for 20 years the same. They do not have an up because they're thinking, okay, this is what it is. This is what I do. And this is what works. And I'm not stepping up my game because this is who I am and this is what works. And that defines an, uh, a really good trainer. My dad is 63, 62. <laughs> I hope 62 because uh, otherwise he's getting angry when I'm going home. <laughs> But uh, he develops. If I look back at videos uh, on YouTube from three, four years ago and we look both at that video... We're saying to each other, what the fuck are you doing here, man? <laughs> Because he develops. And that's a, that's a really nice thing to see. But if you look back four years ago and you're doing exactly the same thing, then you have to worry, man. Then yeah. you have to worry really. Because you're not developing anymore. And if someone who is 62 and who is uh, from 20 years of age in this kind of uh, environment and he's just as he's learning every day, And I'm only 25, I have a lot to learn, man. 
So I have to make hours and I have to ask a lot of questions from people who already been there. And uh, I'm blessed because I have that environment and I have a really lot of successful people around me who already made the mistakes for me. So the only thing I can do is ask a lot of questions and learn from it. And uh, I'm very stupid if I don't do that, man. Yeah, something you really quickly touched on was school. And that basically there's not enough practical uh, appliances where you're actually doing something. A lot of books, uh, both me and my producer, we both study architecture. We see that. It's so dry. And yeah. me, uh, having done taekwondo at a very high, high level, I love being in the trenches. I love making the hours. Same, f same for work. Just doing it, putting yourself in uncomfortable and uncomfortable positions being called by a football player at 1 a.m hey tomorrow i have to sign a contract my videographer cancelled you have to be there sure man flight next of day course. you're there you didn't have a camera on the flight you're uh looking at a camera tutorial on how mm -hmm. to use it <laughs> but like you have to find ways and something that's something that's really lacking for me at least in school is that we're not getting put in those like uncomfortable positions where you actually have to make moves you can't just read the books and you yeah. just test it on what you can m memorize but it, uh, that are not situations that are in the in 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 the ground on the ground the, the situations are really different because uh if i look at an um, at a client and uh, he comes inside and he uh, he hurts his knee and uh, he doesn't know what's going on and he asks me uh, you know what's going on that's when the journey starts and that's when I'm going to explore wh what's going to happen. I ask him a lot of questions. I uh, just look at his uh, movements. What can he do? What can he not do? And uh, if I've done that already 100 times, it's easier for me to see what's happening and to see what he has. But if I read thousand books about it, but I'm doing it on the ground, it's really a whole other thing. Because on the ground, everything is else. If you look at a traffic accident and you have to fill in the form, you never see the rule what was happening in that kind of situation because every situation is different. So what are you doing? You are uh, just uh, taking the last option and you're, re and you're um, describing the situation by itself. And that's also in, the, in, in our ground because... Every situation is different and every uh, client is different and not everyone can talk about it like uh, like we do. Some kind of people uh, are having a lot of trouble to describe what the problem is and then you have to figure out what's happening. And I think that is that's the only thing you can do about that is making hours, a lot of hours because then you're developing and you see a lot of situations and what I told uh, ago, if you see a lot of uh, situations, you are going to uh, get used to it. And you are uh, filling the puzzle better in. Yeah. And you also talked about, uh, for example, about you and your dad looking back at videos and being, uh, and basically just self-criticizing yourself. You're being really hard on yourself. Really? Uh, do, do you think that is a trait that people should have in order to become successful? Of course. If you don't have a mirror at home, uh, <laughs> it's really going to get difficult because uh, we like to point at people. Eh? We, we, we really like to uh, say he's not doing that good, he's not doing that good. And we are a trainer, so we're looking a lot 
we we look a lot at other people and we are pointing and uh, we are saying you can do this better you can that better but it starts by yourself as an example if i uh, if i weight uh, 100 kilos and i'm very fat and i'm going to train you what going you what are you going to think yeah like yeah what you're going to teach me <laughs> of course because look at yourself you you're 100 kilo you're not fit you're uh, eating like a pig it, it, it's it doesn't it doesn't uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't uh, come become clearer. Uh, so if you uh, want to teach your clients something, you have to do it by yourself. And if I uh, if I do an exercise with you, I already have done it one hundred times because I know. Oh, I have to look at that. I have to watch for that. I have to feel this. Uh, do a little trick like this. Because I already done it 100 times, so I know where the difficulties from the exercises are, and that's the same thing with training. If if I'm a trainer and I'm uh, asking you to be at top of your game, I have to be top of my game. I train eight, nine times a week. Why? Because I love to train, but I also want to give an example, and uh, I also want to uh, show the people everything you do. I already done that, man. When we walk at the stairs, what we do with Amira, I I I have to finish in top five, because when I'm not finishing in top five, the sporters are gonna look at me. Oh, what the fuck, man? You want to teach me something? But you are you are the last one. How is it possible? I I sometimes I give uh, kickboxers at the at the stairs. They uh, they finish after me. I make them crazy. How can you finish after me? I'm the trainer. You're the pro fighter, man. How how can it happen? But that I love that game. Because yeah. I, I love that. I, I I am a sporter too. I love to train. I have to go I love to go deep. And uh, that feeling is so is so nice. And uh, that's the feeling of uh of getting success, the the winning the, the feeling of winning. That's the that's the most uh the best drug I've I've ever known. I've never done drugs in my life, but I can know how it feels because winning is a is a really important trick. Yeah. Really important for me. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Also, Tim Grover has the book called Winning. I don't know if you read it. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. He describes winning as a drug as well. Yeah. And especially like, uh, he says something like, it is something that uh, you get better, you get better, you get better at it. And then once you get a little back, you have to get even better than you were before. So it's you, you keep on raising the bar for yourself. Losing is also a drug, huh? because uh, mostly of the times when uh, when a fighter lose uh, in my gym, they want to train the next day. But I always give them three or four days rest, not just for the physical ways, other uh, but also for the mental. You have to reset your game. You have to take your time. And you have to uh, drop your emotions, and then we can talk, and then we can uh, look back and what we, what did we do wrong. But uh, that that kind of moment, what you feel after losing, that's the thing you have to uh, look before f before every training. That feeling, that that embracing feeling, that 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 there's no ground under you. That feeling you have to uh, take in your mind every training. Because mm. you're so hungry at that moment, you want to give everything to f to get a second chance to do it well, 
and to just win. So losing is always a, is also a drug. Alleen it's a different one. And you need it to uh, step up to win again. Wow, man. That that's that's eye-opening because like you're basically all we're visualizing again visualize the feeling of how it was going to be if it doesn't go well really really before the training that's going to make you go crazy in the training that's yeah, really man when i see the videos on your stories the guy pushing the weights bro like <laughs> it looks yeah. like i don't I, 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 like he needs something like yeah. that, that's not just training man like there's something like here that like he's thinking about in order to be able to like give so much and that's the thing what we do as trainers uh we are looking for the trigger in every person by some, uh, you have to uh, you, you you have to say uh, little positive things. Some of the guys you have to punch. Some of the guys you have to kick. But everything is legal because uh, I want to give. Uh, of, I want to have him on top of his game. And if my uh, if my if my opinion is right, so I'm doing it from a good heart. I can do everything in my mind. And I, I already tell them before, in the first conversation, I tell them, if I have to punch you, I punch you. If, the, if, I, have to, uh, if I have to kick you, I kick you. If I have to scream at you, I scream at you. But there are also people who just uh, want to talk like this. And if you're screaming at them, he, he doesn't get triggered. So that's what you're looking for in every sporter. So every time when you're training, you have to get the, uh, the trigger on by, by your, by your sporter. And if he doesn't do that by itself, you have to look for ways, and that's and that's an important thing to give, uh, to get them in the position that they 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 want to give everything for you, and they they are leaving everything in the gym, and that's an uh, that's an, a good one. It's it's so it's so interesting. You go so deep with, with your training mechanisms because you're basically you're psychoanalyzing mm-hmm. your. Your, your clients yeah, like you you really like you know what's going on in the depth of their minds finding a trigger it's like the deepest thing because for some people it can be something really dark as well and you have to play with that you have to touch it yeah. you have to like you have to activate it and that's something really delicate and it takes very uh, a lot of care to do that in the right way i think as well yeah b- because it's very easy to cross the line like, uh, so- look sometimes uh, you you have to cross the line you have to uh, get him in such an emotional way that he's seeing himself, that he, he, he gets triggered uh, too much by that. So that's, then you know it's a weakness for him. So sometimes you have to trigger some, someone so crazy that he really gets a lot of emotions going on. But then we already know what is there. And then we can have a chat about it, and then we can work at it, and that's an uh, and that's a good one, and that's a thing uh, a lot of trainers do not do, because they do not have the relationship with the sporters that they can do that. I only can do that because they know my heart is pure, and I want to give and do everything to get them at top of the game, and I have a chat with them uh, 24 hours a day, but sometimes I'm. Uh, they telling me secrets they do not tell their girlfriends because our relationship is that good and we know what we have at each other and uh, we know uh, I'm pure, you are pure so uh, everything you're telling me is just by me I'm telling no one and that's that's a really important uh, thing you have to have in a relationship 
And that's what that's why I look at it. In every sport, I have a relationship with them. And it's just uh, the same relationship as I have with my girlfriend. And where does this come from? Like, where, where do you learn this? Because, like, we, we have all the training programs, the certifications, level A, level B. I've never heard them talk about triggers and having a relationship with the... Perhaps they talk about having a relationship, but it's, yeah. it's really uh, it's platonic. There's no, no depth. The the most important thing is that uh, that I'm blessed uh, where where I grow up and uh, already uh, from 12 or 13 years old I was walking in the gym and uh, the gym was already at a pro level I think in uh, 2004 we get our first uh, Olympic medal so uh, wow. the journey is already really long going on and was started by my dad so. Uh, for me, it was normal. I see a lot of things from uh, really close, and uh, I see how he's training with them. I see uh, how they love him. Uh, I see how they talk to him, and it, it's just normal for me. You're like and a sponge. Yeah, you're taking in everything. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, yeah. What I told earlier ago, it's just easy. I have to ask a lot of questions, and I have to look around, and. I have to take my uh, own part of it and my own style. And that was a really important thing for me because what do you see a lot on social media and on Instagram and on Facebook? People are copying. People are copying everything. Uh, we, ha we had a guy who he came over there by us. I think I, he trained a one year, one and a half year by us. He really copied the whole gym. He was coping our style. He's giving the same lessons. And that's why I'm thinking, what the fuck are you doing, man? You, have, you want to have your own style. And you want to look at the mirror and be proud. Because the journey you had going on is from you. And now you're teaching something what you don't know the benefits of it. Because you're only copying. And that's a really important thing. What I learned is I could really easily do the same thing as my dad. But uh, what we do a lot is we mix our sporters. So if he's on vacation or a business trip, his sporters are training with me. And sometimes we just switch from ours. Why? Because I have a little other instinct than him. He's, uh, he's talking different because he's a little bit older than me. Uh, he's uh, doing s s just a little exercises. He's doing just a little bit different uh, angles. And that's a really important thing. And that's uh, the thing we can learn from each other. We have our own style. We have one brand. We have one uh, way of thinking. But we have our own style of giving training. And that's an, a thing I want to uh, give at other trainers also. Uh, make your own style. Of course, you can uh, learn a lot on Instagram. You can learn a lot on Facebook. You can learn a lot of trainers. But never copy them, man. Make your own style. That's a very important thing. Because that makes you different from something uh, from, from other trainers. And that's what your selling point is going to be. And uh, that's also an important thing by me. Money was never the goal. The goal was to give the sporters what they need and to get them on top of the game. And if you do that really well, money is coming. Success is coming. But you have to get work in. You have to put work in. That's the most important thing. And you have to have your own style, man. 
Yeah, yeah, and uh, as you're saying, those people that are all copying each other, they're all competing with each other. It's really? one. It's like a red sea with a lot of sharks. Really, and they're, all, they're eating each other up. They're fighting, and there's a book called Red Sea Blue Sea, uh, Blue sea where they talk about business. It's business. The same thing applies in business, where uh, you should put yourself in the blue sea. Basically, you, all your unique selling points that you have yourself, mm. that you developed yourself, that's what you have to put forward. And by doing that, you're not competing with anyone. No one has the same approach as you do. And people know that. And that's why they come to you. If people want, if people want like a 20-day ab program, they'll just look at whoever is the cheapest and they'll do it because they're all the same. Yeah, it's, it's just simple. It's on YouTube for free. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can get uh, so much information today on uh, on YouTube on internet, but but uh, they are looking for a golden program, and that and that's already a wrong mistake. And uh, that's also with trainers what you say. Uh, they are looking for the golden way. They are looking for the golden ticket, but there is no golden ticket. You have to make a journey, and you have to make your own style, and that is gonna be your unique selling point, and that's what you. Uh, that's the difference between you and others, and that's and that's a thing uh, a lot of trainers are not uh, reconsidering. They are only looking at others. They're looking, oh, what is he doing? What is he doing? Oh, uh, shit! A client for me goes to him. That's not important. Important is your development as a trainer and to become a better version of yourself every day. And if you're putting in the work and you're doing that, clients are coming. Really, goals. Uh, if you, if you reach your goals, clients are coming. Money is coming. It's just a, it's just a process, and it is the results of a process, and that's an important thing. And a lot of people are focusing on other people, and that's a that's a wrong thing. You you have to focus on yourself. Yeah, and to give, imagine there there's a young guy now watching this video, and he wants to become a personal trainer. He has watched your videos, he has watched videos of other personal trainers, he's super inspired, but he doesn't have uh, the ability yet to be able to put in all those hours because he doesn't have clients yet, uh, he, doesn't have, he hasn't done it 100 times, so he's really unsure about mm -hmm. the way he should do his trainings. What would be your uh, practical advice for someone that's just starting out in the scene and really wants to also like, be the best personal trainer? Uh, the most simple thing is starting. Uh, many people have uh, great ideas. They are walking with ideas. Uh, we're gonna get uh, maybe one million euros. But if the if it stays in the head, it, it's never gonna be something. And that's an and that's an uh, important lesson. If you have a goal and uh, you have an idea in your head, just start, man. The most easy thing is to start. Because you're saying you're not having clients. Okay, you start for free. <laughs> Everybody wants a free training. Because we are Dutch people. We like free. <laughs> yeah, that's an that's important one. man. So if you want to start, you can start. You can always start. You can start in the park. It's free. Uh, start uh, with one-on-one with -on -one training. Ask your friend. You always have four or five good friends. Okay, I'm going to start with friends. I'm starting at uh, 1 a.m., and I'm going to 5 a.m. And all the uh, other friends are coming with one hour. I ask them the goals. I'm going to make a plan with them. I'm going to do my thing. Trial and error. And then I'm going to describe. I'm looking at my bed at the evening. 
I'm visualizing, I'm resetting, I'm looking at the day. Okay, this went good, this went bad. Tomorrow I'm going to do this, this and this. Just, just start. That's the most important lesson. If you have a good idea, start with it. It's the most easy thing. You gonna, uh, Is everything going well? No. That's, that, that's not life. Life is not going like this. It's always like this. It's always going up and down. And uh, that's an important thing. And that's uh, a difficult thing from the, from the new youth. They see Instagram. They only see success. They only see good people. And that's why I don't like social media. Because the only thing they're seeing is the results. They do not see the, they do, they do not see the work. They do not see where you're coming from. They do not see... They do not see by me that I work 13 hours, 14 hours a day for two, three years to become where I am right, uh, where I am today. And today, especially now, I'm, I'm already working where uh, 10 hours a day, 11 hours a day. And then I do not call the administration, the calls, uh, the messages. I'm only calling the trainings. Yeah. So you, you, you're working 24 hours a day, but I love my job, so it's not working. And the, so the most important uh, lesson I can give is just start. If you have a dream, if you have an idea, just start. And if it doesn't work out, change the plan and go through. Yeah, we talked about this, right? Just being flexible, being able, having to make fast decisions in the yeah. ring, also in your career, in your goals, uh, the way you, you try to attain them. It's really important. And like... I've seen videos of you. You're training yourself a lot as well. You mentioned nine, nine to ten times a week. Do you have any goals yourself when it comes to fitness specifically? Uh, I just want uh, to be at top of my game every day, and I want to feel good every day. Uh, many people ask me uh, what uh, what is your progress, wh where you want to be in ten years, where you want to be in five years, uh, why you're training so hard. Every day I want to feel my uh, at one hundred percent. I want to feel good, uh, I want to uh, shine, uh, my body needs to be good, uh, my mind has to be clear, and that's the most important goal for me. So I want to, to be at the top of my game every day, and that's the most important goal. And uh, I want to grow, I want to gain a little bit of weight, I want to step up my game, I want to be stronger. Uh, There, there's not a sport there who, 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 who's stronger than me right now. Because uh, I'm at the top of my game every day. And uh, they're going to challenge me every day. And every day uh, I want to be better than them. And uh, as Dwayne The Rock always says, you have to be the hardest worker in the room. And that's what I want to be. If I'm training, I have to train as the, the hardest from everyone. And I'm training in a gym alone or in a full gym. It doesn't matter. I want to train and I want to give everything. And that's an important thing. Because then you're developing your game. But I'm also, uh, in every training, there's an uncomfortable position. And that's also, for me, very important. That I am in the red zone. I think what's really interesting also is that you, you were talking about, imagine that your personal trainer... It's not fit and he's saying you what to do and he can't run the steps with you it makes no sense i think by doing this you're also bringing certain expectations with the training you're like look i know what i'm doing show me it's just uh be a leader by example yeah and that's that's the most important thing if you want to be a leader 
you have to put the work in and you have to uh, you you have to show the people uh, what you're capable of and uh, that you're doing it by yourself and then you can ask other people but if you're not putting the work in how can you ask other people to put it uh, in the winters we uh, always go to the sea when it gets very cold uh, like uh, around zero degrees we do that every week uh, everyone is welcome and uh, we start with uh, basic groups from uh, a lot of my clients and uh, we're doing a stair workout very hard and uh, we're racing because we are sporters we like to race and uh, there's always one winner and then uh, we go with the wall group we go in the sea and we just sit for 50 minutes it's it's really crazy it's really 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 cold it's nothing I've done everything. I've done cold showers. I've done uh, tops with uh, only ice in it. I've done rivers. But the sea is the most crazy thing I did because every time uh, there's coming a new wave of cold water. So you're never getting uh, comfortable. And if you're sitting in the tub, after one minute, get comfortable because the heat of your body uh, uh, of delights the temperature of the water. And in the sea, there's coming a new wave every second. And if in the winter, there are always there are already waves who are getting on top of your head, so it's really, really, really uncomfortable. But that's 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 the kind of thing I like very much because that's also a mental toughness game. And it's just simple. If we start on the group, we go inside. No one from my group is leaving, and I'm sitting there as first and as last. Because I'm the leader. And if the leader doesn't sit there and he's showing weakness for one second, the whole group is going is going to be weak. But I set, I set the bar really high. And uh, what, I, what I told the go, if, if, we, if we step inside, no one is leaving before the 15 minutes. Because they know if they're going with me, they have to be at top of the game and they have to sit till the end. Yeah, man, it's crazy. This almost sounds like you're giving a Navy SEAL training to them. Uh, we love Navy SEALs. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever trained with, 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 with like a former Navy SEAL or someone that was practicing for that? Um, two of our sporters are, uh, were working with the program. I don't know if you watched it at uh, Videoland. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I don't know how it's called, but uh, it's uh, with the Dutch uh, Navy SEALs. Okay. And it's with, uh, I think, 10 uh, important people in, uh, in the Netherlands. And uh, they are training like, uh, like SEALs in the Netherlands. I've seen it. I've seen it. I know oh. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So one of the instructors, he uh, came to us, I think, two or three months ago. And he did a training with Roy. And Roy uh, Meyer, the Yudoka. And he, uh, was, uh, he was in the program. But uh, he, he really suffered. Because it's just a, a, a different training as he was used to. And uh, Roy suffered in the program and he suffered by us. And that's what we also see by uh, sporters and what you uh, ask a go. Uh, why do you crosswise? And that's, the, that's also an important thing for them. Because it was a lesson for him also. Because it's just uh, another angle from training and another angle of mental toughness and physical wise. And that's uh, that was a, that was a nice lesson, and that was a nice training too, because he was uncomfortable, 
and Roy was by the Navy SEALs, he was very uncomfortable because they're they're doing one thing with running. And Roy was one, Roy is 125 kilos. The, so running is not his thing. And that was a really uncomfortable position for him and then but but a, but a good lesson for him because he was really uncomfortable and he broke. He literally mentally, mentally broke and he gave up and he lost and he has to get out. But if they are not doing the test like running, he was any other test he was first. He was the best. So and he is used to it because this guy is uh, crazy strength. This guy is crazy strength. So he's used to uh, be the strongest, be the best, be the first one. So for him, it was a really important lesson to to get a mental break and to do something so uncomfortable like running and and losing from people who are not on a, on his game. And that was was a nice thing to see. And that was also a nice thing to see when the Dutch Navy SEAL came by us. And he also break a little bit because he thinks he already done everything. Of course. And this was a really other angle. So yeah. it was nice to see. And just talking about water, I, I also love cold water therapy. I've read a lot about it. Uh, how do you apply it in your own life? And what are the benefits of it? Uh, the first time we went to Wim Hof, I think uh, we showered uh, every day f with cold water, I think for one year. And uh, we do the breathing techniques and we're doing the breathing techniques before sleeping. So uh, what does that mean? We do uh, 30 times breathing and then we uh, stop with breathing as long as possible. And every time we try to extend our record just to be as calm as you can and to uh, clarify your uh, body and mind. So that's a uh, thing what I do a lot. Uh, I, I now stop with it because uh, I think I have learned my lesson from it. But if I have a stressful period or a stressful situation, I apply it immediately and apply it a lot with my supporters. So if I see that someone has a really uh, difficult with their mental toughness or uh, to get their mind free, I do a lot with cold water. May I ask you if you also uh, make use of heat, like saunas or other... Yeah, we are, uh, we are looking for a new challenge with our supporters. And I've read something uh, from uh, Klitschko. He's doing in every training camp like a uh, kind of teepee. And uh, it's just a uh, process with a uh, naturally fire. And then a guy who's giving the lesson. And he's just uh, waving up the temperature uh, till everyone is gone. So wow. it's just uh, the same thing what we do with the cold, but then with extreme heat. So we're now looking in the Netherlands for some kind of place and a guy who can give it to us. And then we're going there with a, with an, uh, with a good group of sporters. So, and we're going to look uh, what it's going to bring for us. So that's, uh, that's a nice one. I see parallels between this training regime and also Khabib, for example. Because Khabib is used to training in the mountains where the oxygen level is way lower. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, when he's training in like a, like Abu Dhabi or whatever, like the heat and, and the, the different oxygen levels, they do not like bother him as much as other fighters. I see other fighters like crumbling because of the heat or the yeah. temperatures. And what's really interesting is that uh, by putting yourself in, like you're putting yourself in a position that is worse than it will be in the ring or on the football field. 
so that you're kind of like also visualizing like I know it's not going to be as hard but I, I, if I can do this then that's like it'll, that, it will that, go okay. That's an important thing. That's uh that's a good one. Uh Ron Flower that told you go as an example. Uh the World Cup was in uh, Brazil. Yeah. And in Brazil you have different heights and you have extreme hot temperature in the summer. And he played that time in England and England is always cold. So uh he was already in uh, in one year he was doing everyday saunas because he was looking for extreme things, extreme temperatures and he was already there with his head. And that's an important thing in your preparation. You have to know where you are going, what are you going to do, what time do I have to perform. As an example, uh, most of the times the kickboxing fights are, are, are late. Uh, last time we fought at, uh, I think, 1.30 in the night. Wow. That's a crazy thing. But uh, if your body not used to it, to perform at that time of, of the fight, then it's, uh, your body is going to struggle. So that are all things you have to uh, get done in your preparation is where are you going, what are the temperature, what are the height difference, uh, how long do I have to fly, and those are all things we have uh, we we're looking at. Do your homework. Yeah, and do your homework and uh, just make step for that. Yeah, it's interesting. I think people that are watching from from the outside. I always hear like girls saying like, "How are football players making so many mo so much money by kicking a ball?" You have no idea how much training they put into becoming there. It's not like, which talk about from like a very young age, all the challenges they have to face, but also yeah, just man. the training regime that they have to go through. You talked about that the football trainings are not particularly hard, but if they want to be on top of their game and they're going to work on strength and conditioning, like they're going to have to take certain steps that people are not used to to, to taking. And you talked about it yourself. First one to get in the room, first one to leave, and, and, and last one to leave. And just making the hours. Like Kobe Bryant, for example, training at like crazy times in the day, just waking mm. up two in the morning, going to training, going back, then training four times a day. Because he knows that if he trained more than the, than the people that are on, on the field, there's no way that they will be able to beat him. Because it just like the, the balance is, is like... Francisco Elson, the, the only Dutch guy who won the NBA... He was uh, one time telling in a story about Kobe Bryant. Uh, their flight had a little delay. So uh, they are going uh, to Los Angeles to play them. And uh, they are arriving at 3 a.m. in the night. So uh, normally they, what they do, they go into the stadium and to check and to uh, absorb the energy over there. So the whole team was going to the stadium. But when they came inside, the lights were already on. And they are uh, feeling a uh, sweat uh, around. And they're breathing a sweat. So they were thinking, what the fuck is this, man? Yeah. Uh, it's 3 a.m. And he was there at his own. And he was making shots. And they watched with the whole team for, I think, 15 or 20 minutes. And uh, the next day, they have to play against him. But uh, the mental game was already played. He already won. Because he was there at his own and the guys were watching for him 20 minutes and they know he was putting way much work in them than them. So they already lost before the game started. And the next day uh, they, they, they beat them. Uh, uh, Kobe Bryant beat them. Really, really uh, with, a, with a, really, a lot of points. Yeah. So that's an, 
that's a good example except could you say that he was actively visualizing what was going to happen the next day three yeah. pointers yeah. on the side yeah he was just he was just uh, so good at that moment and uh, because he put so much work in and he was just already at the top of his game but he was just uh, looking for improving and that's uh, a thing you see by the by the really great players they are never satisfied and they're always looking for the for the best version of themselves and uh, the next development. Well, Jordan, I think we, we now have a lot of value in this podcast, a lot of practical value that people can actually apply in their daily life, both for trainers, athletes, but also people that just want to reach top of the game, just like you're doing every day. Uh, to end the podcast, I would like to ask the, the question. is a really broad question, and there's no right answer or wrong answer just, I'd like to hear your view on this. How would you define success? I think it's uh, the story uh, we uh, tell, we told for one and a half hour over here, combined. And that's, uh, if I make it really short, uh, be at top of your game every day and uh, every day you have to give everything. And that's the most important thing. And if you do that, that's success for me. At the end of career of your career, you have to look in the mirror and you have to say to yourself, I've given everything and I've never dropped some kind of things ever. And that's an importance for my and that's for my the kind of success I want. And what that brings for, for me or for you, we, we never know. But you have to look in the mirror at the end of the career and say, I've done everything. And I've uh, not let any chance go. Yeah, that's no, it. No regrets. That's it, man. That's it. That's how we end the podcast. Jordan, thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. it Good, man. Valuable talk. Yes, sir. And uh, we'll see each other again. Of course. Thank you for watching, everyone. If you enjoyed the podcast, share it, like, and please check out Jordan Instagram. We'll link everything down. And. Uh, we hope to see you soon. Ciao. Top man. Yeah, man. Nice.